Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. It's all about you. That's what our worship is. That's what our praise is, is remembering what you've done. It's not trying to get you to see our difficulties. It's not trying to get you to fix us. It's us declaring the truth about you to our own hearts. It's declaring the truth about you to the world around us. It says that even the angels are paying attention to what you're doing through your children, Lord. Father, let our lives be a declaration of your truth and of your power in this planet, walking as children, full of grace, walking in love, showing people what it looks like to be nourished and fed by a good and kind Father. Jesus, we love you. May our worship declare your victory. You know, just keep your heart set on him. Open your heart to him. Open your mind to him. He is a very real presence. And I just want to kind of walk through this for just a second. What does it mean for you to have your heart open to him? Can I, can I kind of teach and we stay worshipful for just a second here? What does it mean for you? Like, where do you go? When someone says, keep your heart open to him, where does it go? Where do you go in your heart? Where do you go in your mind? Do you kind of just wait for that part to be over? Do you think about what you need from him? You know, you know what I'm saying? Where does your heart go when you hear, set your heart on the Lord? If it goes to your sin, eh, wrong. If it goes to the lack in your life, guess what? Wrong. It should go to Him. I know this seems elementary, but these are the life issues. This is where the nuts and bolts are worked out in our own hearts is when I choose to focus on Jesus, what does my heart do? The eyes of my heart, what are they looking at? What am I allowing myself to feel in this moment when I say I'm going to set my heart on you? It's not just intimate type stuff that's not for everyone. This is for everyone. So think about that. Set your heart, set your attention on the Lord. And almost imagine that you are like a tree or a branch in the vine. And just like a branch, just like the limbs of a tree draw nutrients because it's part of the living organism, and you just recognize that you are being fed, you are being nourished. See, Jesus taught about the mystery of the kingdom. And he said, your heart determines the degree of the kingdom that you will experience. Your heart And where the word is in there, the depth of the word, your confidence in him, in you, that determines the degree of the kingdom that you will let yourself experience. Doesn't mean you got to get more faith. Actually, it does mean you need more faith because the only thing faith really is is being confident in him. 
See, a tree, and I know I say this a lot, but I want you to have an experience. I, we're going to work on something practical here today, but you can take this and do this anywhere. So when you set your attention on the Lord, it's this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for laying your life down. Thank you that you remained obedient. Thank you that you gained righteousness. Thank you that you are victorious over the enemy. I acknowledge and recognize that you are set free from sin. I acknowledge and recognize, Jesus, that you are king and you are Lord. You, in this moment, are at peace. You are one with the Father. And see, slowly as you're recognizing these things, you start to realize, you know what? What's true of him is true of me. I see you, Jesus. I see you victorious. It's not about me. It's not about me trying to get God and show up and do something in my life because as you understand it and recognize it and experience it true of him, it is already true of you and it begins to manifest through your heart into your life. Jesus, I thank you that you are not struggling with poverty. Jesus, I thank you that the enemy can come to you and stand in your face and lie to you and give you every dart that he has and it has nothing in you. You just laugh in his face. I see you laughing in the face of lies. Jesus, I thank you that when the opportunity for sin comes, you don't, it's not even a choice for you. The same is true for me. Jesus, I thank you that even though in this life there are difficulties, you have a peace that transcends anything that I might walk through. That as I look at you and recognize you are the king, you are Lord, you are strong. How strong do you see Jesus? So when I open my heart to you, Lord, I am declaring who you are. And I know that your spirit declares back to me the things that you have given me. I don't have to ask for you to give me things. I don't have to beg for you to show up. It's not my desperation or my hunger that compels you to bless me. I am blessed because you are blessed. And as I experience you being blessed, it becomes true in my life. And Jesus taught in Mark 4 that the parable of the kingdom is this. Your heart determines how much you're going to let yourself experience. And your heart is where you believe. It's the real you. It's where you interact with God. It's that place where you live with Him. Where you are with Him inwardly is going to affect how much you let yourself experience of Him. Because back again on Him, He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And so you might find one that feels pregnant for just a moment. Like when I said that, I felt life. You have given me all things that pertain unto life. Now, in my mind, I don't have to try to figure out how to get you to give me the things that I'm lacking in this life. I recognize the truth. And as I feed on that truth, it starts to nourish me. It encourages me. Isn't it encouraging to you to know that he's already given you all things that pertain unto life? Jesus, you've already given me all things 
that pertain unto life and godliness. In my mind, I'm not going to limit what those things are. I'm just going to let that truth rest in my heart. You have given me all things. I trust that you are the wisdom that I need to walk that out. I trust that as I just acknowledge that truth and I feel that truth, and I'm confident that you have given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness, you will work those things out. It's just my job to get my heart in agreement with you. I don't care how it gets worked out. I trust that you are leading. I trust, and then you go back into the truth again, see? You go back into the truth that He only has good plans for you, that He is leading you and guiding you into truth. He's showing you things to come. He's reminding you everything that He's ever said to you. It's, this, it's like a dance that you have with Him. And you keep yourself out of this picture as far as the condition of your life in this moment. You don't let that worry creep in when you're doing this. It might be very quiet. You know, I mean, I'm up here yelling. I'm sweating and yelling and spitting. But it don't have to be like that for you. But can you stir up your own heart? Can, can you do that? Do you know how to do that? I'm showing you. Some of y'all are looking at me like, just shut up and let's get to the next part. You might not be thinking that. Sorry for judging you, but you know. Jesus, I declare that you have given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Jesus, and see, if you start having condemnation creep in, you start thinking about where you failed, Jesus, you became sin. You literally became my sin. The curse that was against me was nailed to your cross, and you became cursed. I'm not cursed. I can't even bring cursing onto myself because I'm in you. Jesus, you are alive in me. I trust you, Lord. I trust that you are speaking to my heart. And I will follow. Just tell yourself, I will follow you, Lord. I will follow you. I will follow you because I know that you love me. I will follow you because I know that your truth will bear fruit. You will not lead me into temptation. You will not lead me into hardship. Now, as I follow you, I might walk through some difficult circumstances because life happens. I might experience suffering, but you have already done everything within me that I need. Suffering doesn't complete me. That might just be something I experience as I follow you, but I'm not going to worry about it. Those light afflictions, meh. Say meh. Jesus, you, I will look to you. Now, see, as you're doing this, what you know is the Spirit of God is alive and active. He's bringing peace about. He's manifesting wisdom within your mind and in your heart. And you don't have to turn this into an intellectual process to get information back from Him. Just trust that His wisdom is in your heart. Do you believe that? In this moment, right now, in this very second, do you believe that His wisdom is in your heart? 
And is that enough for you to know? Yeah, but I need an answer here. Okay. Your answer is Jesus. And as you let yourself be persuaded of the truth, it will shift your mind. You will begin to think according to his logic. Next thing you know, you're going to make a wise decision. And it won't be because you were sitting there saying, I need an answer. Okay, here's my answer. Now I'm going to do this. No, it's, it's, sometimes it might be like that, but it's more a nat- it's got to be out of you. It's got to be a natural progression of you applying the wisdom that comes from you feeding on the truth. The truth about Jesus, the truth about who you are in Him. And as you acknowledge that, as you let that stir you, as you feel that, you just have to know you're, you are being taught wisdom in that moment. And so the next decision that you make hopefully is inspired because you are resting in who you are in Him. Thank you, Lord. So in Mark 4, he says, again, the condition of the heart determines the degree of the kingdom that that heart will experience. And then he says, you want to know how the kingdom works? Here's how it works. This is the same explanation of the process. I'll slow down for a minute. So when you're feeding on truth, you're engaging with Christ in your heart. You're letting yourself feel what's true of Him. It says that Jesus has made unto us wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. As you feed on the truth, as you are inspired by the truth, Jesus is manifested as wisdom for you. And it's validated by Jesus when He says, you want to know how it works? Here's how it works. It's like a farmer that casts seed into the ground. See, this is what you're doing. You're giving your heart seed, the seed of truth. Really, you're just nourishing the truth that's already in there. Jesus is in you in fullness. Everything that you need that Jesus will ever be for you is already in you, just like a seed. You plant a seed. Everything that it will ever be is in that seed. It just grows unto completeness. That's the process that we're in. And if you don't get your heart involved, you're going to experience 30-fold sometimes, 60-fold sometimes. But he gives the explanation that when you're doing this, when you're feeding on the truth, when you're letting yourself feel the truth, it's like a farmer that casts seed in the ground. He goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and he doesn't know how it happens. Because why? The soil, the seed, bears fruit itself. Do you trust that? Do you trust that as you nourish the truth within you, as you let yourself believe, and believing is feeling, well, bless God, I'm not moved by my feelings. Well, it's more real to you when you get, you dig in to the degree that it actually invokes emotion. I mean, do you feel encouraged? Do you feel like that what he did is real for you? It says that that will bear after its own kind. And it's spiritual, maybe even a little bit mystical. But that's the part where we try to jump in and make it happen. It's like, okay, I see this, and it's supposed to happen. Now I'm going to take over. No, the apple never takes over the growth process. It just hangs on the tree. It abides, right? 
Now I know we want a more detailed answer than that, but that's the description that Jesus gives us. The mystery of the kingdom is the condition of the heart determines how much of the kingdom will grow through it. And you want to know how the kingdom works? It's like seed. It's going to grow. And we stop it from growing by worry. The deceitfulness of riches, meaning I don't have enough, or I've got a lot, so I'm secure in that. The lust of other things and the pride of life, that constricts. So when you're engaging Jesus and you're seeking to experience the truth and worry creeps in or money thoughts creep in or thinking about something else that you're wanting to go do creeps in, that starts to constrict what God is trying to birth through you. Do you see that? I mean, that's the answer that he gives. It will bear fruit. That seed will bear fruit after its own kind. Nourish the truth within you. Do you believe that? I mean, honestly, I don't have anything else to give you. I love to teach. And we're always going to focus on new covenant truth about what Jesus has done. But man, the biggest thing I want you to get out of this place is to learn how to let your heart be established. And impressed and persuaded by His truth that it changes how you think, which will change how you make decisions, which will change your life. Yeah, you might slip up sometimes and experience a miracle where you just, outside of you connecting with Him, it just happens. You stumble into it. Praise God for that. I'd rather live as a tree rooted, following Him, knowing Him, being led by Him, encouraged by Him. I'm not trying to say that there's a difference. It's just miracle causes us to look outward to something to come to us. Truth bears fruit from within. Jesus, once again, we thank you. In this moment, I don't know how it happens, but just like a farmer has planted a seed and he rests and he goes to sleep and he wakes up, That seed is growing. I trust that your truth is growing within me. I trust that your character is growing within me. You know, and in those moments, there might be a discipline moment where he says, I need you to quit doing this because you're hardening your heart. It's not a condemnation. It's not a judgment. It's an invitation into life. It's a discipline. It could be a pruning where inwardly, he's not going and making a difficult thing happen in your life. He's telling your heart, all right, move this. Let me strengthen you and encourage you in this area because this is where you're hindering me right here. And you got a choice in that moment. Are you going to feel bad about it? Are you going to feel guilty about it? Are you going to say, oh, I should be further along than I am in this area? Or are you going to say, okay, Lord, yes. I will hold on to this truth. I will let righteousness flow from my spirit into my body and into my mind where it actually affects my actions. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that your obedience gained us righteousness because we trust in you.
God, we fully give you our hearts and believe and know that in this moment, you are nourishing, you are shining a light on your truth. You are calling us up and into life. You are constantly bringing about deliverance in our lives. It is already true that we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into your kingdom. But in this moment right now, I want your light shining on every part of my heart, any areas that might be dark where I'm hindering you, not for the purpose of guilt, but it's like, I, I just, I want, I want to fully reflect what you want to do through me, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see you as risen. I see you as glorified. I see you as victorious. I see you desiring to have your family with you in eternal life. I see you looking at everyone on this planet with nothing but love, knowing that you have taken the guilt and the shame and the punishment for everyone. And you only have the desire that each soul would just let you renew them and make them new creatures. God, we are committed to walking in this life, reflecting your truth, declaring your gospel. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Did you connect with that? Yes. You know, I don't want to preach ought to messages. I want this place to give you tools. I want you to leave here with resources, you know? Like I said, we're always going to teach, but I want you to leave this place knowing it's like, all right, yes, I feel great in worship, but when life hits, when the rubber meets the road, how do I persuade myself I mean, what good is it that you know that God loves you when your kids are nuts? Yeah. Honestly, what good is it that you know that Jesus became cursed for you when you got the bill collector paying? See, that, if there's a disconnect in doing life versus knowing truth, yeah. that's where we've got to bridge the gap. So we've, sec we've sectioned off the Spirit of God's influence in our life. We've sectioned off New Covenant understanding or biblical understanding, and that's called religion. Uh -huh. And you guys all laid that down today uh -huh. about 18 times in that song. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, where, that's what the world needs to see. The world needs to see a group of believers, and I mean every believer on the planet, that knows how to apply Truth, because the application of truth is wisdom. But see, we still think carnally. We're still looking to God to give us information rather than letting our heart be led by Him in a natural way that is just as natural as you standing here and being moved by a worship service. Can you stand and look at your bills and experience that God is a provider and let that truth so encourage you that you walk away knowing, Amen. knowing Amen. beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is your provider. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean we can violate biblical principles and go into debt and overspend and do a bunch of dumb stuff with your money that God says don't do. I mean, it's evil to be in debt. 
Now, don't take that as condemnation, but trust that he's going to lead you out of it. I mean, honestly, one of the most peaceful things you can do for your own heart is get out of debt. It just, it just is. But how do you do that? You have to trust that, number one, he is your provider. Encourage yourself in the truth. See, it's not about, we think that if we can figure out the detail of how to make it happen, then that'll bring us peace. But it's actually the very opposite. You have to connect to the peace that he is your provider and will provide for you and has provided for you, and that will be the environment that it manifests in. I'm telling you, if there were a better way to describe it, I would give it to you. And I'm praying for the language to work out those details because that's one of my joys is to make spiritual truth practical, you know, to take the mystical elements of how the kingdom of God works in our hearts and bring it down, not where we're quantifying everything, but where it's like, okay, now I can engage, I I can do this. And it's the secret. The secret is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But you feeding on that secret you feeding on that truth and that knowledge of Christ. And it's like you say, okay, Christ in me. Who is Christ? Christ is God. Christ is complete. He is all sufficiency. There's not one thing that he lacks. He's in me. That, I'm telling you, that is the path to experiencing more and more and more of the kingdom. You know, instead of praying, I want more of you, God, we should pray, I want my heart to see you more. I want to be more confident in you. And I'm telling you, as your confidence grows in him, so does he in your life in every single area. Amen? I just want you to see that in Mark 4. Um, Janine, if you'd put that up. Y'all like the TVs? Can everybody see the TVs good? We figured out how to... We had, we had to, uh, I had to call John this morning. John's in uh, Athens, or not Athens, but wherever he is. He helped us out. So you can read it from the back row. Can y'all read that back there? Sam, can you read that? All right, good. Mark 4. I've got two scriptures, and then we're going to bring uh, Dave and Sally back up here. And I think, Vicki, you, you've got a women's conference. I think she was going to say something about that. Mark 4. And he said, this is Jesus, right after he teaches about the parable of the sower. And he talks about how, ultimately, your heart can be in four different kinds of conditions. You know, go home and read back over Mark 4 again this week and realize he's talking about the heart. He's not talking about how good of a person they are. Because we read that and we think, well, it's been translated to uh, how good this ministry is. I'm going to sow into that ministry. And the better the ministry, the better the return. That is a lie from hell. That is not true. I mean, it's your heart that determines the difference. And it's not how good or bad you are. It's what condition is your heart in. And not is it good or bad, but specifically, how confident is your heart in the Word? How rooted is your heart in the Word? And I don't just mean the Bible where you can quote chapter and verse. I mean the realities that are expressed in the Word, specifically about you in Christ, How confident are you in those? Because it's a very frustrating place to know a bunch of stuff but not get it to work. You figured that one out yet? So let's just read through these. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Now, he just gave the parable that the ground is the heart. 
He set that precedent further up in Mark 4. Next verse. And should sleep by night and rise by day. That's your job, sleep. Rest. Amen. Amen. Rest in him. And the seed should sprout and grow. He, does, he himself does not know how. When they're talking to him and he chooses to explain the kingdom, and he chooses to explain the heart dynamic of believing and experiencing the kingdom, he says, you don't know how it happens. So quit looking for the detailed answers of what you're supposed to do and just trust that it's growing. Amen? Trust that His influence will shape your character as you believe the truth about Him. And as I said, you encounter a truth and it might, "Mm, I'm not living that truth. You've got a couple different responses. Like I said last week, you could go to condemnation and just disqualify yourself altogether because you're a low-life, worthless center bag. I just made that one up, center bag. <laughs> or you could respond to the law. It's like, oh, I, I have to do that in order to please God. And if I, if I, oh, that's my answer now. If I obey this one, then God will bless me. Or then, get, you know, that's the law response. Or the new covenant response is, oh, yeah, I don't want that in my life any longer. Jesus, I thank you that you were condemned for me so that I could live in this truth, and I'm going to nourish this truth. I'm not going to walk away from you feeling guilty, God. I'm going to recognize that Jesus dealt with that for me. Amen? Amen. And that's that whole watering part. So next verse. For the earth or the soil or the heart yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after the full grain in the head. Next verse. But when the grain ripened, now see this, I think this is what we need to become skilled at, putting in the sickle and reaping the harvest. And I'll go into this more next week. I've got this whole thing about wisdom, but the, the root word of wisdom is wise, and it means skilled. We need to become skilled at this part. You know, I think when inspiration rises up and you see something, it's like, ooh, yes, I believe that promise. How do you put the sickle in? Wisdom is the sickle. Putting it into practice, taking that step, letting that grace tip over from a desire to an action, (coughs) acting on the inspiration, putting into practice that wisdom that rises up as you notice the truth about him. You're putting in the sickle to reap that harvest. Sometimes that feels risky. Sometimes it's different for everybody in every situation what you're to do. But that's where we want to be. We want to become skilled at putting in the sickle and reaping the harvest when it rises up in our heart to move forward in whatever area we're seeking to experience God in. Amen? But that's just what I want to leave you with today. Begin to believe that God will teach you how to put that sickle in and reap that harvest. I think we're all pretty good at getting inspired. You know, we're all pretty good at saying, I'm doing that, I shouldn't be doing that. This is what I should be doing. And if you can get past the guilt of it and realize that God will strengthen you to be this way I should be doing, then how do you put that sickle in? How do you let yourself experience and let grace actually inspire an action or a change? Those are the kinds of things that I want to look at you know, over these next few weeks is not just having the knowledge, but taking that knowledge and letting it be wisdom 
unto application and actual transformation in your life. Amen? Y'all want to do that? Bring some more people in here. There's too many empty chairs. We got to fill up the cheap seats back there. By the way, if those seats are uh, uncomfortable, y'all can write a big old check and we'll get some more comfortable seats. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It's all right. Let's just pray. Let me pray. And uh, you guys, Dave and Sally, come up. Vicki, you come up. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you love us. Kopi, too. Is Kopi here? It's you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that we have peace with you. And we don't have to have all the details worked out of how to do this life. We just know and trust that you are seeking to live through us. And we just want your seed, your life to be nourished within us as so that we will experience you, experience transformation, and glorify you through our lives. Amen.